Welcome to Ecology, the UNCW Plastic Ocean Project podcast about the student perspective of local, statewide, national, and international issues and how we can be a part of the solution. My name is Sam Shores and I'm the president of UNCW Plastic Ocean Project. And I have with me today uh, my good friend Kiki Pickett. Um, and so we're actually going to be um, lab partners soon working on uh, marine mammal ecology. And so I'll uh, leave it to you, Kiki, if you want to introduce yourself and talk about what you do. We'll get started. All right. Hi, you guys. My name is Kiki Pickett. I go to UNCW. I'm studying marine biology with a concentration in conservation. Um, I've been going to UNCW for a couple of years now, and I've had a lot of great opportunities. And one of them, which I super am looking forward to, is working with Sam in the marine biology lab at the Center for Marine Science, which is also where I work. I'm working a couple jobs at the moment and, you know, it's a great time. <laughs> yeah, and I'm stoked to have you. Um, you know, you've always been like, anytime I saw you on campus or anytime we were doing something, just the positivity and light that came out, even when we're talking about pretty much the end of the world, was yeah. such a good relieving thing that I thought it would be essential to have you on here and even talking about you know the work that you're trying to do and you know with that comes the community outreach and how we can make a difference in teaching people right and um speaking of teaching people one of the first real jobs i had was working with the marine quest um at the center for marine science and they have summer camps over the summer and i was able to volunteer through them um, with helping identifying fish. And eventually I worked my way up through the Marine Quest program to become a counselor. And I have been teaching kids for many years now, as well as babysitting. And I just felt that like combining my love of marine science and being able to spend time with children and help enrich their lives was a great opportunity and something that I felt like, you know, it's great for the community and something I had to do. Yeah, I feel like one of the most important things really is like having someone who's in the field teach mm -hmm. you about what you're doing and and why it's important. I am pretty much from the middle of the state of North Carolina, you know, in between Greensboro and High Point. So oh, yep. marine biology wasn't <laughs> really an option. I just had grown up reading Dr. Sylvia Earle's kids books and watching Blue Planet and all the animal planet and Steve Irwin in the world. And yes. <laughs> like so captivated by it, but I never had someone there that would teach me, you know, there's a career path in this. It was kind of something that I was like, I don't know, I'm going to do it because I love it. And I love the concept, but I haven't had someone there who could teach me about, you know, the bounties and gratification of, marine bio and I think that's why it's so important that we teach little kids especially because you know I don't know how many thousands of people that are out there that have been so inspired by watching documentaries or seeing the good work that comes out of it and just didn't have that push you know I feel like right. there's so many people who haven't gotten to that point because they just didn't feel like there was someone who could connect with them on it um and I mean, I don't really teach kids that much. I've spoken to a couple middle schools and a couple elementary schools, but nothing really 
consistent? I mean, what's it Mm -hmm. like to teach kids, you know, on a regular basis? Oh my gosh. Okay. So (laughs) on a regular basis, it's very interesting because through the different programs that I've worked with, I would get a different set of students every week and just meeting the different kids and their different backgrounds. It's difficult to say like where every kid will be because every kid has learned something different. So you'd have one kid who come in and would know everything you'd ever want to know about sharks. And I'm not really a shark person. So they would even be able to teach me, even if I was able to teach them something new about how to dissect a squid or, (laughs) you know, the little color changing dots on a squid, those are called chromatophores and stuff like that, you know? So it's, it's very interesting. I feel like I was able to learn a lot from the kids as well as I was able to teach them new things as well. And they were able to go home and brag to all their parents about all the cool projects they were able to do. And that's the best thing ever is when the parents will come to you and be like, oh my gosh, my child would not stop talking to me about all the cool things that you guys did at Marine Quest. I'm definitely going to tell our friends about that and stuff. So it's, it's very fulfilling being able to work with kids and being able to see them grow and just absorb that knowledge with such such vigor. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like the best feeling. I've have I've never been great with kids. Like <laughs> I can entertain kids, but I always feel nervous like am I going to entertain them when I talk about marine science which can usually bore a crowd if you go into like, here's how you do field work. And most people are just like lights out. (laughs) But like little kids, you know, that's exactly what inspires them saying like, I can do this really awesome thing that saves the planet. And I get to, you know, see whales. And I've (laughs) over the past year, I've probably seen close to 200 dolphins offshore. Oh my gosh. And Yeah, we saw like a mixed pod of like 50 dolphins, you know, it's crazy. And telling kids about that, just you see the light go off in their head like, oh my gosh, I can find my place in this too. And it's even better, you know, I've had people um, when we're doing like a community tabling event, I have parents that come and talk about like, my kid told me about cigarette butts and now I'm going to actually take them to go, you know, put them in TerraCycle or I'm, you know, using different bamboo products or something and i'm just like wait you're telling me that me teaching your kid made you make a difference in the house right and now they want to do what we do like mm-hmm. that's great <laughs> that's the best part in my opinion yes i totally agree i remember just like you said tabling i was tabling at an event for um my club namepa the north american marine environment protection association And um, we have this board where we show how long it takes for trash and waste to break down at different times. So like things like rubber balloons or like aluminum cans and stuff like that. And the parents would come over and watch their kids do it. And they would be shocked at how long it took, you know, things like a simple birthday balloon to break down (laughs) in the earth, you know. And it's just it's wonderful when you can teach the parents something new as well. And then they start implementing those better habits in their families. Yeah. I think I actually got to probably meet you for the first time when we tabled like two years ago um, at Fort Fisher doing that same activity. Yes. And there were so many people like, Oh, I'm not going to use that cup anymore. And it's just like, wow. You know, like that's the power, I guess, of education. Exactly. Truthfully is how you make that change, but it is so important, you know, 
Like, I wouldn't want to, I guess, live my life for a whole way and then realize, like, partway through, maybe I could have been doing this different the whole time. And, like, you know, you don't want people to feel that either because it's a crappy feeling. You're like, oh, I've been doing this wrong for a long time mm-hmm. and you don't even know it. And then doing, you know, teaching a kid, like, here's the best way to do it. And then they're like, nice. <laughs> and they live their whole life doing the right thing and teaching them lessons also about what it means to be active in a community doing the right thing, even if it is through environmental science or how do you integrate that into the general public, which is exactly how these educational initiatives come full circle. You know, that's what we do as scientists and as advocates and stewards of the environment is going back and teaching people what it's like. And that's kind of how you build that sense of community too, is bringing the the knowledge full circle so that you, you know, shout it out to the rest of the world. And then, you know, it catches on a few inspired individuals exactly. and it changes their lives forever. Yeah. Um, that actually reminds me um, right now I'm doing a citizen science project because you were saying, you know, involving the community and citizens with um, another program through Marine Quest through a grant that we have from NOAA. And I am an Ask Me mentor in which I go to these different lower income areas after school programs specifically. And I participate in cleanups with them. Beforehand, we have a virtual um, turtle necropsy with the stuffed turtle. And it has a bunch of other cool things in it too. And it's amazing. And um, so the first week we do the virtual program, since, you know, we have COVID, usually we'd be in the schools, but, you know, um, so we have the virtual program with the turtle necropsy first. And then I go in a week afterwards and we do a cleanup and we try and tally how much trash we find in the area. And I go back every couple of months to do the same cleanup so that we can see through the different phases of COVID, you know, how much accumulation of trash has there been and yeah and it's a pretty great time (laughs) yeah i didn't even know um the extent of that citizen science project i actually knew um our research committee leader was going to reach out about adding plastic ocean project just bringing volunteers to the mix and some of the resources that we have and that's kind of you know, weird seeing these themes like that's full circle, you know, bringing citizens into it. And that's not even our project. And then bringing our volunteers and adding resources to the mix, trying to make a bigger difference, because, I mean, that's how you make the biggest change. You add as many people, you know, as you can for good intention and you make something happen. Yeah. Um, And I feel like, you know, when you engage the community, it's less of it's this group of scientists with like their own lab and all these complex different types of analyses, but it makes the group that you're working with really take ownership of it. And that's right. such a huge part of getting something done is when people feel like they're actively involved in something and not being like spoken to or just seeing it as a news headline or that they're not really a part of this bigger scope of change. Right. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, I mean, before you and I came to college and became scientists ourselves, we were just, you know, some citizens out there. I'm sure, I mean, at least I was out there cleaning up. I'm sure you were, <laughs> too. So <laughs> like, up from time to time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were just, you know, some citizens out there trying to make our planet a better place for 
us to live in. And that's just what I think about every time I go out to clean up too, is just like all these people that I'm out here with, they could be the next future scientists and help make our world a better place. And, you know, it would, it would, it feels great being like knowing that you can like help people be a part of something big like that, in my opinion. <laughs> right. I mean, that's like really the whole way that we've ever been able to get things done is it, it's usually a handful of people that might get the ball rolling and mm-hmm. you can never underestimate the power that a small group of people might have. But then when it starts to snowball and become something so huge that you really can't stop it is mm-hmm. that's when the magic happens. That's when you have your, your moment where everyone and everything comes together uh, for something good. And it really is that big part of how do I inspire even the next generation, but going, I think in the immediate step in how do I inspire someone who's in the right now, who's in their career already trying to do the right thing. And sometimes that does come from inspiring kids because kids are like the best people at getting others to do stuff because (laughs) it's just, they bring pure enthusiasm and pure joy, which, you know, that drives so much. And it's like, part of me wants to bring that to everyone else. Like, how do I get that same level of excitement to this (laughs) topic from everybody? Well, I mean, in my opinion, for me, honestly, I just try and be as happy as possible because, (laughs) and I know that sounds really hard, but sometimes um, when I was in high school and stuff, Um, I learned that like emotions are kind of like, you know, transferable. Like if you come in with a bad attitude, it's probably going to make other people have a bad attitude. But if you come in with a better attitude or at least you fake it for a little bit, eventually faking it is going to lead to, you know, maybe something a little more happy. And then, you know, starting off with a compliment never hurts either. I mean, I try and compliment as many people as possible a day because, you know, that automatically makes people's days better. Right. So that just goes to show and then you might get a compliment back and then it'll just be a great happy joyful party (laughs) yeah i mean that's i mean when i look at it it's like that's how you bring things full circle is you're transferring it to somebody else so that they you know it's like you're carrying the torch whether that be kindness or science or your career or some movement you're just kind of trying to bring it on to the next person. And, and it's like having a building block. It just keeps going up and up. And the goal isn't to tear anything down. So if you start out tearing down, you're never going to build up. Right. If you're, you know, digging a hole, but you really try and lift up around you. And that's kind of how you carry yourself up too. I mean, I've had so many days where it's like, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to be in bed all day. Right. But then it's like, Well, especially thinking of the position of I'm a little kid in class and there's this person coming to speak to me, I would be scarred for life (laughs) if someone came in there angry and like, yep, I do this thing, it's hard, then you're not going to want to do it. And then if you're in this attitude, like everyone can do it, you know, I can be here to show you that it can happen. And also, you know, you guys are awesome bringing that encouragement through kindness and yeah. sparking that inspiration, it does build upon itself. And I feel like it sticks with people a lot more 
and and how you feel in that moment. So if you feel really happy when you're doing your cleanup, you're probably going to want to do it again. If you're miserable, you're probably not going to do it again. Right. And another way to make sure that you're like staying positive is to bring some friends along too. Because, you know, if you have friends doing, you know, even if it's something boring, I'm sure you can still make it fun with friends. So that's another way. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like positive peer pressure Um, (laughs) and to have a friend or someone who, you know, that is friendly saying that you can do this, that, you know, there's a possibility you're going to enjoy this a whole lot mm-hmm. if you go and pick up some trash. It makes me more likely to get up and feel riled up and say, we're going to save the planet one piece of plastic at a time. And yes. we're going to make it happen. And we're going to inspire people along the way. And they're going to see us picking up all this trash. And then they're going to join. And that's happened. I've had a bunch of cases. Like I had probably four people in Raleigh. Um, and we were just doing a mini cleanup and then people just kind of started to join in and asking like, when's the next one? And it's like, I don't know, but I'll let you know, I'll, (laughs) I'll shoot you a text and say, we're cleaning up the river on this date. And it just really garners so many more people that you probably wouldn't even expect. And it kind of shines this light on something that other people may not ever see. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool, though. I didn't know you did that. <laughs> yeah, I did it um, last year. I was doing it for my company uh, that I work for called Predictive UX. And Ooh. we were hosting a river cleanup as kind of an outreach um, way of giving back um, because the company is just a remote digital agency. And so I work as the chief sustainability officer and we were hosting cleanup and then people were just by this riverbank like listening to music and fishing and whatever and then they just started throwing some trash that they found onto our big pile and was like i want to help and i was like please do there's a lot of trash here and like that kind of thing sticks with me it's like you know leading by example is such a great way of getting people to do stuff because like no one else is probably going to step up and do something like picking up trash or you know doing a turtle necropsy or right. <laughs> looking through whale tissue or something like those are just things that people probably wouldn't do normally. And when you have other people doing them and showing you that you can do it because it's worth it and it's important that you're more likely to get people to join in on it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> um, I could not make a better point. You said that so eloquently. <laughs> I remember um, when I was selling you my GoPro um, and you were asking if I knew any um, schools that you could help teach at because you were on your way to go teach a class, I think. And oh, that yeah. it's so important uh, to teach inner city kids in Wilmington about marine bio, you know, when the person that's speaking to them is black. And especially because marine science and environmental science is such a predominantly white institution but having that representation and having that leading by example and showing that there's someone in that path how important that is and you know I can't speak on that I can just show people how to pick up trash but you know I don't think about that sort of thing when I go and I'm just kind of like anyone can pick up trash and anyone can do this but not knowing like how important that is especially as you know Wilmington is very weird <laughs> and, and yep. different in the same- <laughs> It's not a coastal town. Not everyone's on the beach. You know, we have a largely metropolitan area. 
Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people who may not have even seen the beach or people who don't go to the beach regularly, not yeah. even in the possibility that they could have in science or that there's someone who's like them that could do it too. Right, exactly. So like um, recently, I just found this out like um, towards the end of 2020, but there is this thing on Twitter and it's called Black and Marine Science. And they had a Black and Marine Science week and it was just highlighting different like other black marine scientists and that was amazing because I was like wow I mean in particular in my experience at UNCW I've I personally only know like two other black marine bio students so me being able to see people that are ahead of me already in the industry being successful with their research and being able to see them you know succeed that's amazing so the fact that I got the opportunity to work with these different after-school programs and possibly be that same kind of mentor figure to them as these people could be to me. That just means the world to me because growing up, I didn't have anyone who looked like me doing marine science, (laughs) at least no one that I saw. I was just like, I want to do that, so I'm going to try and do it. And so... I just love being able to reach out to them because a lot of um, the kids in the Wilmington area that are underserved are mostly interested in things that will make them more money, like, like automatically like engineering or business school or stuff like that. And not really marine science. Cause then they just think that we're just going to be chilling at the aquarium, feeding fish all day and stuff like that, you know? So part of my job is to be able to make sure that I can make marine science more than just working at an aquarium you can be out there doing shark research you can go out there and you can find different medicinal purposes for marine plants you know there's so many different things that you could do in the marine biology field and not just have to you know work with animals (laughs) so I just love being able to show them a more well-rounded version of this major that I love so much and being able to have someone look like them and doing these science projects with them makes it even more fun. Cause they're like, Hey, if she can do it, I could do it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I feel like that's like the positive, you know, um, peer pressure, but in this case, it's not really peer pressure. It's more just, you know, you can do it. I feel like right. there's so many different things that we see now that are breaking barriers. And one of them is diversity in the marine science world, which hasn't quite been talked about. You know, that's something that's kind of like, it's just science and, you know, that's that. But it is so important because I feel like there are so many kids out there who have a desire to do something like that that may not even know it because they feel like they haven't seen anyone else in that path, you know, kind of how you had that experience too, but they want to do it. And I feel like that encouragement of bringing it full circle, like, you know, I started in this path and didn't even know, you know, anyone who was like me that did it. But it's so important that there is that representation, not just so that it's there, but so that it inspires so that people feel like they can do it, too. And that's kind of how we've seen by leading by example, you know, is that when someone else can do it and they enjoy it it makes others so much more likely to join in on it too, because they feel like they can do something like that too and take ownership of having something that's totally unique and totally different from the norm. And I feel like that's so important today is that having voices 
that are, you know, equally on that stake that are having that, that ownership of something that we talk about like marine science and that it is so important because, you know, so much of the world and so many different cultures around the world share the ocean. And that's a resource that we all share. And that's very important that we bring it full circle. Right. And not even just the ocean. I mean, all of the waterways, you know, because humans can't survive without water. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's like, you know, I know we talked like about bringing that sense of community full circle, but that kind of is what, you know, we're talking about here too, is that, you know, we're all sharing this same rock, not in the cliche sense of one love, but that <laughs> we all are using this rock as a resource. The natural world is there because of a fine balance between what we do with it and when we let it thrive. And that when that's changed, you know, it's going to impact people differently, but we're all sharing that resource. And so I feel like we're all equal stakeholders in nature as a resource. And so when you talk things like environmental science and marine biology is that we're dealing with the resource that we all share. And so having that representation, having those different backgrounds about what it's like in other areas of the United States or other areas of the world and how we can address this whole climate issue is that it will take so many people from so many different areas and backgrounds and places in the country and places in the world that can say, I've seen things differently, but we can have different solutions because not every place is the same, but we all have equal stake in it because we all share the same place. Exactly. And I was, I was actually going to say the same thing, like (laughs) having those different perspectives can definitely help you like identify new solutions to problems that like maybe other people in that same situation haven't thought of previously. So having different perspectives is definitely key in science, just in all science in general. <laughs> right. I mean, that's kind of, um, uh, how's, how do I find the right words? I mean, <laughs> that's how you get it done. That's how you get things done in science is having a different voice because that's how you, you know, that's how the ball keeps rolling. Mm-hmm. Someone sees the world and they say, okay, it was like this. And then now we're saying, no, the world's very different. And the world is so different across so many different landscapes. And then you need those voices there because if it is just, you know, like the, an echo chamber, or if it is just one voice saying, this is the direction of marine bio and whale ecology and then you have someone saying well they act a little differently over here in florida and we need them for our fisheries much more than you know over here and that's a terrible example but (laughs) how (laughs) important those things are of of bringing those voices in and 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 you said it beautifully oh thank you well i'll try i'm only (laughs) trying to follow you up you're the pro here (laughs) oh come on no we're gonna be killing it in the lab and for those who don't know, um, we're going to be studying um, some really awesome stuff with climate science. We're looking at um, humpback whales um, and their diets and how those diets change with warming temperatures um, and using that as a baseline of assessing climate health in the world. And so Kiki is also a pro. 
<laughs> so don't let her humbleness fool you. Um, you are awesome. And I am super excited to be working on that. I know that will probably be a totally different discussion because whales are so cool. But for Facts. anyone out there who might be listening, whales are very important. Look them up and hopefully uh, we'll be doing some great work in that field as well. Yay, I'm so excited. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I guess that's kind of the end of the end of the the convo here because we covered so much but um, <laughs> I'm so happy um, first that we're going to be working together because CMS if you're working by yourself can be quite boring I've been moving standards around <laughs> for the <laughs> samples by myself for a little bit um, so it's going to be great to have just your positive voice and attitude in the lab even though CMS is a great place um, you just bring a different <laughs> level of enthusiasm and I'm so happy um, that you were here and that we could talk because I am just inspired just by what you do and that, you know, that you're here, that people like you are on the planet because it makes me feel like we're in good hands is that, you know, you are here to inspire and also lead, you know, this future that we got. So I'm so thankful for you. And so for anyone who wants to follow up, you can catch us on Instagram at UNCWPOP. Check out our website, uncwpop.org, and we will catch you later.